What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Rapping with Reef Bum. I'm your host, Keith Berkelhammer, and today I welcome Carlos Chacon from CoralView. Carlos is the IT manager at CoralView. He's also part of the product development team as well as head of product support department. From 2001 to 2010, he was the moderator at Reef Central and... Yeah. His 75-gallon tank was the Reef Central Tank of the Month for January 2001. He was also a webmaster for Reef Keeping Magazine during its early years. And Carlos is also very visible on Coral View's YouTube channel, CVTV, and also hosts live streams as well. So, Carlos, you know what I'm dealing with here in this uh, live stream. I'm, I'm, I'm juggling multiple uh, roles here. I'm the tech guy. I'm the moderator. I'm the host. But uh, anyway, Carlos, <laughs> welcome to the show. I'm really psyched that you were, uh, for, for you to be a guest. Thank you. Thank you. We usually, when we do a live stream, we have a team of people that uh, take care of the overlays and the images and everything. So, um, uh, yeah, I can't. I, I we did it once. One person, it was like, wow, I can't do this. This is, this is the guy yeah. right here. Yeah. This is it. One yeah. man show. Yeah. A one man. Big kudos to you because that takes <laughs> that takes a lot to be able to do that. Yeah, it takes a lot of attention. Hey, so uh, everybody, welcome to uh, to the show, and thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate it. So Carlos and I are going to have a little conversation. We're gonna we're gonna talk reef and. We're gonna yes. we're gonna talk about um, Carlos has his own personal reef tank. We're gonna talk about that, and Carlos was also very kind to shoot some video of that tank. So he's gonna he's gonna talk about it while we're showing the video. But um, we're also gonna talk a lot about Coral View and the products and 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 recent releases and potentially upcoming product releases. So yes. feel free to to ask questions. We are uh, very um, privileged to have Carlos as a guest here, and it's a great opportunity to uh, ask away. So, Carlos, first of all, I hope you and your family are uh, staying safe and doing well. These are really crazy, nutty times. Yeah, yeah, we are. My, um, it's just two of us, my wife and I. So we are kidless family. Um, um, and uh, my wife has gone back to work a few, like about a month or a month and a half ago. She works retail. So it's been a little difficult for her. Um, um, you know, it's it still amazes me how many people don't want to wear a mask. You know, um, um, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, or you know, if we want to get into that. But oh, we're gonna get we're gonna I get political in, here. Is that what we're gonna do? <laughs> no, I I, 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 no, I, believe I, in the mask. I agree with you. I agree with you. I believe in the mask. You know, so um, um it, you know, it's been good for her, and um, and it's been good for us. It hasn't changed much for me since I work from home. I've been working from home for the last six, six years. So for me, it was kind of like, you know, just the hard part was actually having my wife here for the first couple months because, you know, um, it takes, it takes a particular person to be able to work from home. Yes. Yes. I, um, I have been primarily working from home myself as well. And, uh, yeah, no, spending a lot of quality time with the wife. So, um, you know, that's a good thing and it's a bad thing, I guess, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, last last week I I had to um, go and visit my coworker Jeremy, and it was funny because I told my wife the week before it's like, hey, I'm gonna go down to Jeremy's, and she goes, well, I have you know I have off on Tuesday, and I go, you want me to go on Tuesday? And she goes, please, please go, go, <laughs> leave me in the house alone, because she has not you know when she goes to work, I'm by myself, but when she's off, I'm here. So she was, it was pretty funny for her to say, you know, get the hell out of here and give me some alone time. Yeah, I've heard similar stories for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So Carlos, um, every show I, I, uh, I always ask my guests how they kind of got started into the hobby or into the business. So um, I know we, uh, I talked about at the beginning your, your involvement with, with Reef Central and, and Reef Keeping Magazine and, and obviously you're part of Coral View. But um, yeah, how did, you, how did you get into it? I'm, I'm assuming you got into it as a uh, hobby first before you kind of started um, you know, working for Reef Central. So what, what, what's your story there, Carlos, in terms of how you got into this you, wonderful uh, reef keeping hobby of ours? I, you know, I, I think everybody's, I mean, my story is pretty similar. Um, everybody at some point when they were kids, your dad arrived with a fish tank. Um, um, uh, we went fishing one time and uh, caught a, a bunch of fish, small fish. And I, you know, you're a kid, you can't fathom killing the fish. So we kept them and put them in a tank. And uh, they survived for a long time, considering now what I what I know now and how bad that fish tank was. I'm surprised those fish made it. Uh, but that's how it started. And then I took a, you know, grew up, went to college and stuff. And then, you know, one day I just said, you know, let's do a let me do a, a, a saltwater tank, went to a store and they sold me an eclipse system, about 10 gallons with the eclipse lighting. They gave me sand, live rock, a long tentacle anemone, a clown, and they said, here you go. <laughs> That's it. That's what they did. Run, run and, with uh, it. Yeah, run with it. That long tentacle anemone lasted for many, many, many years. I, I'm surprised it did last that long, especially in that eclipse. But that's kind of how, how I got started. And then, you know, just looking around, Reef Central wasn't even around. And then kind of Reef Central started and, and it just took off. I mean, back when I was in Reef Central active, you could read Reef Central in, in a day. Now you can't do that anymore. And Reefs to Reefs is, is just just I think it's even bigger obviously it is even bigger yeah it's sort of sad with with Reef Central it, it seems like it's kind of stuck in in place there and and uh, Reef to Reef has certainly become seemingly the predominant um, forum for the hobby these days but forums are certainly very very important in terms of you know the information that's out there and you know I think it's it's um, you got to be careful sometimes in terms of the the type of information that you're taking in on, on these forums some of it can be bad Absolutely. but um, you know you have to you have to be diligent and really uh, do um, a lot of homework and, and, and talk to a lot of different people and, and use multiple sources to try to, you know, learn, learn about, um, you know, things in this hobby that you're trying to um, understand. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think one of the biggest things is that, you know, when you hit those forums, a lot of the times it's, it's, it's newbies helping newbies. Because yeah. the newbie gets excited, it, the newbie gets excited, and, and you know you got that recent experience. You did this, and you're helping out, and so you just have to be careful of of, of who you talk to and who you uh, and who you listen to, and and you know make sure that you know the source. You know if somebody tells you you know this this skimmer didn't work, well find out why it didn't work. You know um, uh, it could have been a bad skimmer, or it could have been the guy put chemicals in his tank and the skimmer started overflowing, but he didn't know that, so he just says the skimmer doesn't work. Um, yeah. So you have to be very careful about what you do. You don't you don't buy you know you don't go to a car dealer or you know talk to your friends and says Toyota didn't work. It, it's a bad car. You know even then you do your due diligence. Well, what is it about the car that you didn't like? Because you know that there's so many things that could happen that could seem like a bad product, but it's in technique in, in reality, it wasn't the product. Right. Yep. And I deal with that as part of the customer service and Coral View, I do deal with that and I have to filter that out. Sometimes it's like, you know, when somebody asks me a question, it's like, okay, 
nicely way of asking us, like, okay, so what, what have we done in here that, that is causing that problem? Yeah, I'm sure that's, that can present its challenges at times. Yes. So, so Carlos, in, the, in the, the background there behind you, looks like a kicking reef tank. And, and um, as is the case with, with many of my uh, shows and, and guests, I ask my guests to shoot a little footage of, of a, uh, you know, the reef tanks if they have one. And, and you were kind enough to do so. So, yes. so what I'd like to do is um, we'll start playing that video. And as the video is uh, rolling, okay. it's about, what, four or five minutes, I think, the, oh. uh, the video is. And, and um, yeah, just talk about it's rolling right now. So um, I guess it's, it's, we got a little delay before it gets onto the live stream here. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Uh, just, just telling everybody I'm really bad with names. So if you ask me what particular name a coral is, I may know some of the names, but I, uh, I'm an old school reefer, which is I usually know the, you know, try to know the scientific name of the coral instead of the other name. But um, uh, this is a 210-gallon custom-made reef octopus tank. Oh. So if you look at the back of the tank, actually on the back left of the tank, there's the overflow. And the overflow is about, about, uh, is about five inches wide by one inch thick. Hmm. So the entire tank, the entire tank itself is actually is 59 inches by 26 inches tall and 31 from back to front. So it's actually kind of like a square. It's actually quite a, a nice, it's a very nice tank. That's how I wanted it. The stand is 40 inches tall. So this, so I don't have to bend over to see my tank. Yeah. I actually stand up quietly. And then it's all SPS. I mean, there's a lot of SPS. You see some LPS and, 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 and softies there. Um, and, uh, you know, I wanted a big tank that was something that um that i could keep a blonde naso and an achilles tank tank those are the the, the my fish the, the, especially the achilles tank were my fish choice so i wanted something big and uh you know i know there's a little delay in here but you can see there's um, um chicago sunburst anemones that i've had those chicago sunburst anemones since 2016 before they were chicago sunburst anemones they were just sunburst anemones or they were known as colorado anemones because the chicago sunburst is just a variation of it if you've heard of it um, um the clowns have been there for me for years and uh, it's just sps i'm a huge uh montipora fan uh i have uh, octopus fours on each corner and i also have gyres xf350s to create flow um and the tank in terms of parameters, I, I keep my tank 78 degrees, 79. Calcium, I think, is about 450. Uh, magnesium is around 1400. And then alkalinity, it ranges between seven and three quarters and eight and one quarter. And I keep range. I am not the kind of person that is going to go out and chase numbers. I, I don't believe that you can ever get your tank to be exactly eight. So you, you're going to get a tank that is in the vicinity of eight, but never going to be um, um, uh, perfectly that way. Uh, let's see. In I do have a calcium reactor that I use, and I use Reborn on my calcium reactor because I love it. Um, it's, it's the only way I can keep my tank... Uh, at those parameters, otherwise I just wouldn't be able to keep up. And then in terms of um, in terms of additives, I add every day. I add Aquaforest um, A, B, and C, which are not the one, two, three. It's not the balling method, but is the it's the chemicals, the trace elements 
that you would use if you're using a calcium reactor. Yep. So a lot of people think that Aquaforest is just balling method, but Aquaforest also has a calcium reactor where you can actually have your calcium reactor and then you can add the three different elements, uh, the, the, the three different bottles, just like you did, you would if you do balling. I also do um, um, uh, Acropower every day and I do Brightwell uh, Coral Aminos every day. And those are the, um, the only thing, the coral aminos are the only ones that I actually have to do manually. Everything else is done uh, via dozer. Yeah, because with the, uh, with the amino acids, you got to really shake that bottle and keep them refrigerated, right, to kind of preserve them in terms of their right, shelf life. I talked, to, I talked to Brightwell, you know, I talked to the guys over there, and they said that um, um, they didn't tell me I had to refrigerate it. Hopefully, that I don't have to do. But they said that you could put it in a dozer, but the proteins, with a dozer, you run the risk of contamination when you're changing it up. So they, they didn't recommend that. If you're doing that, they said to every time clean the bottle with hydrogen peroxide and put them in there for five days is the maximum. And it got to the point that it was, it's like, you know, that's way too much work. It's more work than actually just doing it manually. Do you um, start with kind of like the minimum uh, recommended dose for, let's say, the, uh, the Brightwell, um, you know, aminos and then kind of work your way up? I mean, I know that um, some folks that dose aminos or other coral food can kind of get into issues with algae if you go too uh, far above the recommended yeah. doses. I keep a I keep a very very uh, I keep good track of my phosphates and nitrates. Um, uh, once a week, it's Sunday morning. Sunday morning is is testing day, and what I do is I I, I test my phosphates and I test my nitrates. Um, phosphates I keep them at 0.07. That is my goal. By the end, so uh, on Monday morning after I dose my phosphate removal, I don't use GFO. I use a different thing. It's just GFO is too much of a wild card for me. Yeah. You can't really dictate how much you're removing. You're hoping you're going to remove, but you really don't know. So I use a different chemical to actually that I know exactly how many drops I need in order to bring my tank's phosphate down a specific amount. Oh, so you're, you're, so you're just, using chemical. You're not using like macroalgae? No, well, I use a little bit of both. Okay. So, but but the chemical I use is for that. So I keep it at 0.7. By the time the week is over on Sunday morning, um, my tank might be at 1.5 phosphates, and then Sunday night I bring it back down to 0.7. In terms of nitrates, that's the the thing that I've had a that I've had an issue with, and it's to keep nitrates. They bottom out to my tank because of my algae scrubber, which we're going to cover a little bit later. And uh, it, it just it just bottoms out the nitrates to the point that I actually have to add sodium nitrate back into my tank. So every day I add one milliliter of sodium nitrate. I have my formula of sodium nitrate, yep. and that brings my nitrates up to five ppm. Right. Um, and so what what are you using for an algae scrubber? I'm, I'm assuming some Coral View uh, products are on the tank. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. The ice cap the ice cap algae scrubber is the one. Um, uh, I love it. I, it just grows algae like crazy. Um, but the one thing I have to say, and this is from a customer service standpoint, is like the algae scrubber doesn't remove the nitrates or the phosphates. The algae scrubbers grow the algae that then removes the algae. Right. So if somebody has problems with the nitrates and phosphates and they want to install an algae scrubber, you got to remember the algae scrubber is not going to take effect until a month or two afterwards. 
So it's not going to be an immediate effect, a knee-jerk reaction to getting your getting your phosphates down now. That's that's not going to work. Even even if you're using biopellets, it because biopellets are the media where the bacteria grows, and then the bacteria consumes the chemicals. Right. So you still have to allow the time. So anybody that is thinking about an algae scrubber because you have too much too high phosphates or nitrates right now, remember, if you add it today. You're not going to see it. You're not going to see the results until September or maybe even October. Right until you've got that algae uh, growing pretty well. Exactly. So, exactly. so in terms of the ice cap, what, um, what, which one are you using? You, you said how many gallons is your tank? Uh, 20, 210. 210 gallons. Okay. Yes. And, yes. Yes. So I use the medium one just because um, uh, my tank already runs on very low nutrients. You know, it all, it's all, you know, there's the gallon, but you also base it on how much food you do, you add, because right. the more food you add, the more nutrients are going into the tank and the faster the algae is going to grow. So, you know, you have to play around with it. I would say, you know, if you have a tank that is in the 100 to 200, go with the medium range. You can't go wrong with that. You know, you can always uh, change the light cycle on yep. them. You know, you don't have to run it 24 seven. Um, uh, but that usually works and it works great. I mean, there is no, I, I, I've had, you know, water changes and all this. I've been in the hobby for so long. Algae scrubbers have, are just the way to do it. And I'm surprised that it's taken us this long to actually catch up to them. Right now. Um, we're, we're going to talk about some more stuff too, because you guys also carry some, um, algae reactors, right? That's uh, relatively new. Yes. Right. Yeah. So that's, yes, yes I do. yeah, I use I used the, the algae reactor for a little while, but then this space-wise, I mean, working for Corovium product development, it's like I can I use the crocs for about two, three months, four months, and then I have to switch them out and try something else. Um, uh, so, you know, part of that is surprising why the tank looks so I was going to say, you that's know, amazing I, that, I that I keep changing things around. That, that is amazing. Uh, yeah, because but, I, I I don't like to mess with my tank. If things are going well, I don't want to like be swapping out equipment. You know, I mean, so I commend you, Carlos, for for being able to uh, to, to do that. That really makes it even more incredible. Yeah, I think the stability is the big key. Yeah. Um, you know, you're adding algae scrubbers, you're taking out algae reactors and everything. But as long as the t the tank is stable in terms of parameters and your alkalinity calcium, it, it makes it a lot easier and a little bit more forgiving. I think I use an Alcatronic for. Um, uh, keeping my alkalinity stable and it tests every two hours. So every oh, wow. two hours, I, wow. yeah, I test the alkalinity in there because it's a calcium reactor. If I had a two part, then you know exactly how much two part to add to bring it up with a calcium reactor. You don't have that. You don't have that luxury with a calcium reactor. You turn the calcium reactor and it's the delayed, delayed reaction. So it's going to take about an hour before that calcium reactor starts to kick in in order to do it. So I have to test every two hours to keep it stable. I tried it at four hours and it was too much of a swing because it took too long for the calcium. The calcium reactor would react and then it was too long before you had to test to find out if the, if the test was okay. So I have an alkalinity uh, monitor controller. I use the GHL, you know, KH director and, um, you know, I dose two parts. So yeah, I mean, I only test twice, you know, a day because of that, but, mm -hmm. um, so with, you know, with a, um, with a calcium reactor hooked up to the Alcatronic, it, it, is it basically adjusting the CO2? Is that how it's uh, controlling? Yes, okay. yes, yes. The Alcatronic usually, it, the, technically the Alcatronic controls the CO2, the solenoid, turns it on and turns it off. Right. But with a calcium reactor, it's a little bit different how you have to do it. You have to be a little proactive. 
So my solenoid turns on when my alkalinity hits eight. Oh. Because, because, you know, the alkalinity is going to keep going up. So if I have to shut off the reactor, then it's going to, my alkalinity is going to hit eight and then it's going to creep up again before it starts to go down. Same thing. If it was off, then it would continue to go down and then it would start to creep up again. So I have to allow for that little leeway in order for the thing to work. That's why it amazes me when people say I keep my tank at eight because it's like, unless you have, unless you test every minute and you have some lab grade, there's no way that you can keep a tank at a stability like linear. It just doesn't work. Yeah. You're making me think because I'm, um, I'm actually going to be starting a new tank build. I'm I'm getting a, um, some of my viewers know I've been talking about it. I'm, I'm going to be getting a 225 gallon. I'm, I'm calling it like a peninsula lagoon style tank. It's going to mm -hmm. be 72 inches long by 36 inches wide by 20 inches tall SPS dominant. And, um, I think I'm going to use a calcium reactor on that and, um, you know, control that via the, um, cage director. So yeah, no, I'll have to do some more, um, digging on that. And, and I'm glad, glad you uh, mentioned that in terms of what you're using it, how you're using it. Yeah. When you're, I mean, I see your tank right here on the background of the, of the video. And I, I think your, your alkalinity demand is pretty high too. At some point it becomes, guess um, how many mLs per day I'm using for uh, alkalinity two part. I'm going to say, I'm going to say about 300. Not that high. <laughs> the two, okay. Two, okay. 250. Two, 250. Two, yeah, 250. I yeah. was like, I was like, you would probably take about 300, yeah. 250. Um, uh, yeah, at that point, it's it's cost it's cost yeah, prohibitive. Yeah, it's costing me a bundle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, unless you make your own stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, which who who the hell has time to create those big tubs? I remember um, uh, Russell you know, was doing that back in the days. And, but no, calcium reactor seems to be the, the it, it just makes my life easier. So speaking of calcium reactors, you guys carry the, yes. um, the reef octopus line of uh, yes, calcium reactors. So let, uh, Carlos talk about that in terms of how it compares to other, uh, calcium reactors out there. And let's, let's also kind of get into, um, you know, one of the things with a calcium reactor that I know when I used to run one is that, uh, you know, the effluent coming out of the calcium reactor, that pH is going to be lower. So there are um, different ways that in the past that I've done to different things I've done in the mm -hmm. past to try to elevate that pH coming out of the reactor. You could have a dual chamber, you know, a second chamber to help absorb the CO2. Mm -hmm. um, you could have a, a you know, calc reactor to try to bring the pH up. But first, talk about the, uh, the Reef Octopus line of calcium reactors that you guys uh, sell. Yeah, yeah. Our line is, uh, you know, Reef Octopus has been around for a long time, and they're they've known for their skimmers. Their acrylic work is incredible. I mean, the way they the way they they weld everything together, PVC to acrylic, they're not just gluing it. If you look at a calcium reactor, there's beads of weld in there, so the pre, you know even even with pressure, it still will work. Um, our calcium reactors also have DC pumps, so it makes it a lot easier for the recirculating pump to do that. And the way they recirculate, it makes it really. Um, um, really easy to tune. And the trick about the calcium reactor is it's not, it's not that hard to do. It's all, about, it's all about balancing pressures. I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is that they grab a calcium reactor and they put a feed pump on it, and then they find the biggest pump that they could find that is strong enough to push the water through the calcium reactor so it can trickle down on the other end. So imagine you have a valve at the end of the, at the effluent level, and you have this huge pump pushing water and so that pressure builds up on this chamber, okay? And then you have CO2 coming in there. 
So if you have pressure on the chamber, you got to make sure that the CO2 pressure is the same as the, as the pressure coming from the pump itself in order for the CO2 to come, to go into the to, to the chamber. Right. So people, you know, I think what we need to remember is that it's all about pressures. You don't have to have that much pressure. You just need a small pump that can push enough water for you to trickle down outside. So the inside pressure in the ta- in the in the chamber itself is like two psi. And when you keep the PSI low, then your CO2 becomes really stable, the bubble count. I know a lot of people have that issue. You try to get that bubble count, it goes But if you were to bring that pressure inside the reactor down to about one or two, then you bring that CO2 solenoid pressure down to one or two, and trust me, you can get pop, pop, stable, on the second, half a second. It's all about pressures. And when you keep that pressure going, then the effluent doesn't slow down and you don't have the issue of the cavitation of CO2 inside the the reactor that everybody has to constantly bleed out because the pressure is not the same. It's not balanced. Do you uh, you recommend using a peristaltic uh, pump with a calcium reactor? Yeah, it makes it a little bit easier. Okay. It makes things a lot easier. You can put it on the in. Uh, you can put it at, when you're feeding the t- the reactor. Or you can put it as the effluent to take out the, to take out from the reactor. It makes life a lot easier. And we have the Camor has that FX STP, which can run twenty four seven, and and it's perfect. I wouldn't recommend running a regular non peristaltic pump, dosing pump in there because what happens is then you when you shut it off. The CO2 continues to go into the reef, into the calcium reactor, and it's, you're going to get that cavitation because now the pressures are different. Um, uh, so you, you should really run a 24-7 pump, and if you want to shut off the, the, the reactor, you should turn off the CO2. So um, if, for those, those of us that do like to keep uh, an elevated pH in the tank, let, you know, let's say uh, 8.1, 8.2 you know, pH, um, you know, at least mm-hmm. as, as that lower uh, limit, what um, what do you what would you recommend to do that if you're running a calcium reactor? Would you say go with that second chamber? Would you say get a CO2 scrubber, a calc reactor? What what options do you like, Carlos? I I the the easiest one I found myself is a calc reactor, a calc reactor. And if you keep SPS, you know that SPS love calc water. Yeah. I don't know what's in Kaltwasser, but when you put when you put Kaltwasser in that water, SPS just go crazy. As long as everything else is right, so that's what I that's what I do. I have a ice cap calc reactor, the medium size one, and then it turns on, you know, automatically too with my alkalinity, and it puts Kaltwasser into the tank to keep that pH up. I also use a scrubber from on the, on my skimmer, which helps a little bit. And then, if you get a handy CO2 monitor from Amazon, you can you can you can actually monitor the CO2 levels in your room, and uh, you know, and you can tell it's like okay, have to open that window or I got to close that window. And uh, we had that discussion um, a couple of weeks ago with Mike Paletta on the Coral View live broadcast. So you know about CO2 and 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 how to keep that tank. Uh, level. But um, so yeah, I, I I used to use a calc reactor with my um, um, calcium reactor for my old 225 gallon tank, which was just chock full of the SPS, and and I always found that very effective. What what do you recommend in terms of um, 
you know, you mentioned CO2 and, and windows and, and what have you. What if you live in a cold place like Vermont, like myself? In the wintertime, <laughs> hey, what do you do? I live in Chicago. Yeah. Trust me, it is cold yeah. too. Um, um, <laughs> you know, I, it goes back to me. I don't chase numbers. You know what? It is going to go down below seven. It's not going to kill my tank. Yeah. It might slow down the growth, but trust me, the way things are going, I can appreciate a little break sometimes. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I just don't. I don't chase numbers. If I get a if I get a few days where it went down to below below eight, I I don't sweat it. It's not gonna kill. It's not gonna. I, in my opinion, it's not gonna kill my tank. It's not gonna affect it. Yeah. It's not gonna change the colors. Yeah. It may stunt the growth a little bit, but not really. Yep. I mean, it'll go back. Yep, yep. I hear you. All right, Carlos. I I've got a lot of questions for you, but I also know that folks watching are um, yeah. asking some questions too. So we're going to jump around a little bit here. I, uh, sure. Mike uh, Johnson says, can't wait for a Hydros Control 4. Do we happen to have a planned release date? Yes. Um, uh, actually, the Control 4 will be coming out soon. We don't have a release date on that one yet. We'll tell you a little bit closer to where we are. Um, um, and uh, all I can tell you is it's, 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 it's looking really good. The folks that have it are very pleased with it. It's inc Dave, Dave actually gave us a lot of compliments because it's incredibly intuitive. It is not hard to set up. Some of the other controllers out there, you kind of open up. up and if you're a newbie, you open the box and there's like, how the hell do I start with this? I don't even know where to begin. The Hydros controller, we, we've made it so that it really it really makes it that it walks you through the process of how to install certain things and uh, you don't and, and um, you don't have to the way we have it is that it combines everything into one WYSIWYG instead of having you have to um, do different things for different reactor like a calcium like a calc reactor has a stir and has a pump you know some of the controllers you have to separate that on the hydros you combine that together and you set up you set it up all together. So you know it's coming up. It, it, it's going to look really good, and uh, I think people are going to be really, really pleased. I hate to be that 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 person that says trust me because I don't want you. I want to do that, but at the same time, you have to understand that we do. Um, we have to keep things pretty much tight lip because there is a lot of competition out there, and uh, and we can't afford to give competition a heads up. Um, one question from uh, 120 Reef Keeper, Reef Bunker, uh, no coating. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. no. Yes, yes. Actually, that's the biggest thing about that we actually do. You know, like uh, the type where it says if time equals or if time 7 to 10, then on. Nope. You know, or if outlet 1 is on, then outlet 2 should be off. Nope. No coating whatsoever. No coding whatsoever. Everything is done through a WYSIWYG. Yeah, now that um, that's a good thing because I've uh, I've been there, done that, and it's not fun. You're, you're, no, no, no. It's it, yeah. You're you're, you're yeah. basically out there searching on forms for for folks, uh, you know, code, and then cutting and pasting and keeping your fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, you know, I can t I can tell you, I've um, we've given it to um, several people that have no kind of like I said, you know, it's like hey. Give this to your wife and see if she can set it up or can, can you know, have your wife fix this, you know, light. And then, you know, we've heard the feedback which says, 
this was easy. Even I could do this. This was intuitive. So we were pretty pleased about that. I mean, that's kind of like, and it's hobbyist. I mean, everybody works, everybody that works here, including the, the main, the head engineer, they have fish tanks. So it's not, we don't have that, that problem where the engineer comes up with something, but then technically it's solid. But then when you go and apply it to the real world, it doesn't work. So we're, we're constantly going back and forth on that. Yep. Okay. So, so Carlos, we were talking about Casman reactors and Reef Octopus, um, you know, is, is the line you guys are carrying there. And, um, mm -hmm. Talk, talk more about some of the other Reef Octopus products that you guys uh, carry. You know, some of the recent releases, there's uh, sumps now, right? And, and we talked about the uh, macroalgae uh, reactors. Yes, yes, yes. So we have uh, those sumps, and I can tell you, they look like Cadillacs. Those sumps are sweet. I mean, I've seen the sumps, and they look like the, it's like the Cadillac of, of sumps. The, 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 the acrylic work, the welding, the way corners are, the way the corners are rounded, the edges along the way are rounded so you don't get that sharp edge. I mean, the, the, the attention to detail that Reef Octopus has put into those, those sums is magnificent. And the way they've done it is uh, our, our, our co-worker here, Jeremy, he's the one that actually kind of designed the sump, you know, based on what he wanted in his tank. This is what I want in my tank. This is the sump I need after, you know, running so many sumps and then Reef Octopus kind of put it together. I do want to answer one question if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. I have K-Dub. I'm at 0.05 phosphates and I'm having another stupid cyano bloom. Um, I would say K-Dub, check your nitrates. Your nitrates are probably out of balance. Your nitrates are really low or they're really, really high. And that's probably why you're having that problem. So check your nitrates. At 0.05, your nitrates should be between 5 and 10 ppm. If they're too low, you're going to get cyano or dinos. If they're too high, you're going to get cyano or dinos. It's all a matter of balance. So um, what, what can he do to, um, you know, to, to rebalance? I mean, you know, is the cyano absorbing all the nitrates? And is that why that's reading so low? You know, I, I, I'm not a chemist, so I can't, uh, or a biologist, so I can't tell you how that works. But in my years of experience and, 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 uh, and uh, you know, talking to friends and actually doing it, I just actually just went through it, through it where I, I saw my tank and there were a couple of patches of cyano coming up. And then I'm like, okay, cyano. I went to test my nitrates, and that's when I found out that my nitrates were bottoming out. They were at 2 ppm which is way, way too low. So um, um, then I started to kick up the, 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 the um, I siphoned out the, the cyano because you have to siphon it yeah. off and then kicked up the nitrates and then the cyano never di didn't come back. So did you just feed your fish more? Did you dose nitrates to uh, get the nitrates off? I, yeah, I had to, I, at first I started feeding the fish, but even, at fe even with feeding heavily, you know, every day, it's my nitrates were bottoming out. So I, st I started adding, uh, sodium nitrate back to my tank and I added it um, um, I the recipe I have for my particular tank 210 gallons I, I dose one milliliter of sodium nitrate and it brings my ppm's uh, nitrates up by 5 ppm and that's all it took that's all it took and the cyan was gone and and you know that's that's really something that you should also keep in mind also for other types of algae problematic algae you know not just yes. cyano yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. But then again, test. Yes. Test. I cannot. You know. Full disclosure. 
this is a suggestion. I'm not saying do this, you know, because I don't want it. I don't want people emailing me as like, you kill my tank. So please test because if you put too many nitrates, you end up with cyano. If you bottom out, you end up, it's got to be at the right ratio. And the ratio, I think the ratio is, I think the ratio is like almost one to 10. Yeah. Um, yeah. Phosphates to nitrates. Yeah. That's the kind of, that's kind of like the sweet spot. So it really doesn't matter where you are on the phosphate nitrate level, as long as they are one to 10. Yep. So Carlos Reef um, KPR is asking, you said earlier that you're using a chemical for phosphate uh, control. Um, this person is asking what brand of um, lanthium phosphate remover are you using? I use the one that is readily available. I don't use the one made for pools. I use the one that is that is made for fish tanks. Okay. And uh, I like it because the bottle I use, I literally use like about maybe 10, 15 drops every Sunday night. And the bottle will last me for about six months. Wow. So compared to C to GFO, it's, 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 mu it's much more economical. Are you, uh, are you can, go ahead. First. I'm sorry, I was going to say, are you concerned in terms of using the chemical, you know, for phosphate control that it's also pulling out some, you know, um, beneficial trace elements or not so much? You know, I, I, I don't, I'm not a chemist, but for what I know, the, the lanthanum only attracts the phosphate molecules. Okay. So, so it only attract now, granted when it, when it, when it solidifies, maybe there's some, some other trace elements that are caught in it, but I don't think that it actively, it, 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 I don't think it's a magnet of any other trace element except for phosphate. So, so that's what it is. And it, and it, and it, and it, and it actually crystallize on impact. Hmm. So it's not like it's putting in the water and going around. As soon as it hits the water, it crystallizes phosphates. Right. And that's, that's the problem with GFO is that it does, um, you know, buy more than just phosphate. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I'm not a chemist. Obviously this is something that I've been doing for a long time. Um, um, a lot of people have it where they, they add it once every three or four months when the phosphates get really high. You know, I am of the thought that keep it stable. So once a week allows me to make those tweaks on phosphate levels very small, you know, and also I'm not putting a lot of chemical into the tank at any particular time. So if something happens, it was just a, a minor change instead of a big drop. Hey, one, one other question circling back to the cyano um, thing that I just uh, realized. And, and some people, you know, will, will do large water changes when they have an algae outbreak. So in that case, mm -hmm. when you have that kind of imbalance, really a large water change might not necessarily be the, uh, the thing to do. No. no, because even with the water change, you are, um, um, especially, especially if your nitrates are bottomed out, the, the water change is not going to make it. Actually, the, wa the water change is probably going to make it even worse. And if you have uh, too many nitrates, then the ratio is still off. Right. So what I would what I would say is what I would say is test first. So then you have a goal, a set. It's like walking from one end to the, from one from one side of the room to the other room. You walk with your eyes open. Right. You don't you don't you don't close your eyes, walk, and then open your eyes and find out where you're at. So if anybody out there that is dosing this stuff without testing, you're walking with your eyes closed. Yep. All right, Carlos. So we, um, we're, we're getting up to uh, 45 minutes into the show, and we still got a lot of stuff to cover here. <laughs> I know, you know. I know, and, I know. Okay, and, let's... and one topic that um, you know, I'm certainly interested in is lighting. And you guys have a, 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 an exciting new product coming out um, 
by yeah. the end of the year, the Phillips Coral Care Gen 2 fixture. So give us... I think everybody can see them. They're actually on the... If you look at my video there, you can see them on the, on the tank and they are running. Uh, the Phillips light is running on my tank. I'm actually running a small test right now um, that is going to take me a few months. And that is uh, Philip, Philip light in, on the right-hand side and two Radians uh, G4s mm. without the shield. And I should add the shield to actually to make it a, 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 a orange, you know, apples, apples to apples, apples to apples comparison. But, um, and that's what I'll do. I'll, I'll add the shields and uh, to see how they do. Um, they used to be four and yeah, my, my, my tank is only five feet long. I used to have four radians on it. Mm. Um, uh, it is one of the benefits of working for a company. Yeah, there you, you, can, go. you can get, a, you, you get a nice prize on the, on the, on the equipment. Mm. Um, but I used to have four. So the, the Phillips light replaces two, not just one, but it replaces two radians, wow. two radians and no hot spots. And you can tell from the, from the look of it, you know, the, the reason why the radians look brighter is because of the hot spots. Our eyes tend to go to the hottest, brightest spot in the tank. And then we use that point as comparison to everything else. So you're going to get, you're going to go, you're going to look at this and say, oh, my, my left side is brighter. It's because of the hot spot. While on the right hand side, the way the lights are distributed, there is no hot spot. So the, so the light pretty much it, it distributed through the entire block or the, the entire square instead of just a couple of hot spots. So talk about the reflection system. It's, it's a unique reflection system. I mean, um, you know, a little birdie told me that um, it, this, this picture apparently grows corals equal to T5s, but with better coloration. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, talk, talk Wait, about the, the, uh, the reflection system and, and the fixture. Well, um, um, you know, I'm not the engineer, you know, so... Um, what I do know is it was developed by the Germans, by Philips, the German company. Um, and we all know, I mean, there's one thing, there is, there's one fact that we all know and we hate it is that when it comes to growing SPS corals, sometimes Europeans have it hands down. I mean, the way they grow under T5s, sometimes you see those tanks and they're absolutely beautiful, stunning corals. And then you look at the lights and you say, and they're T5s and you're like, How? You know, I think they've gotten to the point where they've figured out just like the human body, you can feed, you can eat as much as you can, but the human body is only going to use what it needs and the rest of it is waste or it goes to your hips. Mm. Yeah. Unfortunately, corals don't have hips. Yeah. So, um, uh, so what, it, what happens is there's only so much par, there's only so much ultraviolet light the coral is going to use and the rest of it is wasted in, in actually illumination and heat, heat, things that you don't. So I think the Europeans have gotten really good at being very efficient in terms of coral growth to light, you know, intensity. Um, um, and that's what the lights are, the lights do. In terms of the reflection, they use this new, you know, and I don't know the technicality of it. I, I apologize for it. But I can tell you from, from, from looking at it, you don't have the disco effect. It, it's nice and even, um, um, and the, because the light is so nicely distributed, there are no shadows. T5s, you know, everybody that wants to get rid of the shadows, you put a couple of T5s in it, and it gives you that nice spread, even spread light, and the shadows go away. 
you don't need the T5s with this one because of the way the lights are. I mean, the block is, I think it's like, I'm going to say it's like 13 inches by like 10, just off the top of my head. So you have this big square of, of light coming out where the light is evenly distributed through the entire square, you know, instead of just a couple of spots. So your, your tank is around 60 inches long? Yes, 59 by 26 tall by 31 back to front. So you would only need two of those fixtures. Is that what you're saying for the... Uh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. I only need two to do the equivalent of four radians. And I, can, and I know this physically. I'm not saying because it's written on a piece of paper and I have to tell you that. You can look at my tank. There's only one on the other side and then there's two radians on the left. And there used to be two radians on the other side so there used to be four radians evenly distributed 12 inches apart. Like they, like they say that you should do it to get the maximum exposure. So you, how, how long have you been using the fixture? Um, uh, I've been using it for a couple of weeks. But my boss has been using it for about three months. And he's seen a big change of it. I mean, he's seen the, the, color, it, it, the colors are changing, the corals are changing. And the amazing thing is some of the corals that were under the hot spots that were getting kind of bleached out or you were getting like a, you know, they, they're even coloring up, you know, sometimes you, you, you have this experience and you, because I've seen your tank and it's incredibly nice. It's like, sometimes you get the better color, better coloration, not at the top, not at the bottom, but somewhere in the middle. Right. 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 Yeah. That's where you get the best, the best coloration. Um, uh, so think about the, the, this, because the, because at that point in the middle, the light is a little more spread out and a little more balanced instead of a hot spot. So what he's seen now is that the entire area is getting nice color because you're not getting blasted by the lights. Now you guys also have some other beta testers out there too, right? What, what kind of feedback yes. are you getting from, uh, from beta testers at this point? We're getting... We're getting good feedback. I know there's the rumor mill out there that the par is not that high, but again, you're mimicking a T5. You're trying to mimic what the Europeans are doing to get their tanks really nice. So, you know, and I know America and Europe, different, different mindsets, you know, it, it, you know, but, but the one thing that like I said, one thing that you cannot argue is the success that the Europeans have had using T5s. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Some amazing tanks out there. Yes. So, so Carlos, let's, um, let's switch some gears and, and talk, um, you know, pumps and, and I, you know, the ice cap, you mentioned the, uh, the, the gyra and, and those pumps. So you recently had a, uh, an upgraded, uh, gyra, right? Or maybe within the last couple of years. Yeah, well, we've had the, uh, the gyra 250, the 200 series was, was out for a couple of years, but now we've had the 300 series, which is a little bit nicer. And they have uh, flow directors, so you can actually point the water towards a certain location. But what makes the gyre so good is the fact that it's linear. So it's, a, it's, it's literally what a river does. A river doesn't have a propeller on a single spot pushing water. The water is linear, and all the water moves you know, at different speeds, but it still moves at a horizontal sheet of water. So that's what we're trying to do with the, with the gyre. So it's a lot easier. When you're moving a, a sheet of water, it's a lot easier to create a gyre than when you have a propeller that doesn't lend itself. The physics don't allow for that gyre to be created You know, because you're constantly, just when you pick up the speed and come right back, 
it's 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 turned into a, a a single point source, and then it has to go ahead and reshape itself, and then come back. So you know, uh, that's where the gyres come in, and then the water starts to pick up momentum. You know. So um, talk also about some other uh, ice cap products. We you talked about the uh, the algae uh, scrubber, and and I think we uh, yes. we talked about uh, something else. But uh, yeah, I mean, talk talk about the ice cap. Um, you know, other products you have in that line. Yeah, we also have the uh, the new product that we have is the IceCap uh, dual pump Wi-Fi controller, right. and that one is 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 also being used by it's 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 an IceCap product, but it works with the Hydros app. So very intuitive to use, very easy to set up, and it allows you to run two diff- two pumps together. You know, um, you can always hook them up to uh, Wave Engine, and the Wave Engine is kind of like the like the big Cadillac of it. And I think a lot of people are having a lot of problems um, picturing the Wave Engine because obviously there is not a product out there that is like the Wave Engine. There hasn't been a product out there that grabs different brand products and makes them work together. And uh, at first it's like, oh, God forbid you make an Ecotech work run with a gyre or, you know, oh, my God, you can't do that. And it's like as, as a consumer, why not? Yeah. You know? So, uh, so Greg Carroll is making a comment about the, uh, the gyra. He's, uh, Carlos hasn't seen the uh, gyra flow in, in my tank. And he's crying, crying, laughing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> Love it. Love it. You know, maybe next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, go ahead. So I was going to say, um, trying to trying to cover a lot of ground here, and because um, you guys got a lot of products, and we got to, you know, there's a lot of ground to cover. It, but um, you know we we yeah that's one thing about Coralview we got we got our hands on on many many cookie jars and that's just because we're di- we're big distributors. Um, one of the biggest things about Coralview and that we like to and we boast about is that and I know this is an you know end users but uh, we don't sell direct so we don't compete against your local fish store you know so a lot of companies out there do sell direct and then they sell wholesale. So you're competing against the same guy that you're buying things from. With us, if you buy from us directly, you're 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 not competing against anybody. Um, um, but going back to the hydros, uh, one thing that we were pretty proud about the hydros device, the, especially the Wave Engine and the Control Four, is going to be that they're all IP65 rated. Um, and for those of you that don't know what IP65 rated means, it's just that it, it, you can actually splash it with water and it'll be perfectly fine, which it. It, it just boggles my mind that it, it is 2020 and the most 90% of the equipment that we use in our reef tanks, they're not IP65 rated. Yeah. And yes, they're UL rated, but as soon as they find out they're using it in salt water, you know, what happens? You know, you know things could go either way. Um, uh, so the best thing to do is to actually get a product that was meant to be used near this condition. So, you know, the, the control for the hydros control, the hydros wave engine, they're all IP65 rated. So if you splash them, if you, if the tank leaks, God forbid it doesn't, but if it does or something like that, and you get some water in there, it's not going to damage it. So the brain, the heart of your, of your, of your, of your, of your tank is, it's running in something that was meant to be used in, in, in that kind of environment. Yeah, that application. I, that application. So we like to, we like to, you know, that's one thing to boast about. And the other thing that we boast about is it's, it's not made in Germany. 
It's not made in China. It's not a product that we got from another company that we're just reselling. No, uh, the Hydro's product is 100% Coral View. It's our product. You know, it's developed and made here in the United States. You know. Yeah, there's something to be said for that for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, let's let's you know why don't we go Kamore? I'm sorry. Why don't we go with Kamore? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Talk about Kamore. Yeah, yeah. I know those things are the dosing systems are the big thing right now and Wi-Fi dosing things systems and all that. Um, uh, I use the Kamore. I use the Kamore F4 Pro Wi-Fi on my system, and that's the one that I use to dose my chemicals. So the Aquaphor stuff, I use it with the F4 Pro. Um, um, I also use uh, the oh the one thing I forgot to tell you, Easy Booster. I use Easy Booster and I use um, Easy EVO, EVO Coral Food from Easy Reefs. Man, you're you're Great. supplementing a lot of food. Yeah, I'm so and my nitrates are still zero and I still two. You know all that food and as that, but I use that and I use the uh, and again, I use that because I can automate it. Working in the in the industry, working in the hobby, it you know. Up until this year, of course, and this year has been kind of a, a weird year for that. But up until this year, I used to travel all the time to trade shows. And when I go all the time to trade shows, you know, the trade show is three days. Yes, if you're there to watch the show or, or you know, be in the show is three days. But if you're there as a presenter, as an exhibitor, it, you have to be there a week, a week in advance. Yeah. So, um, uh, so that requires me to be out of the house for a week and a half or sometimes two. So, and my wife... You know, I love my wife, but she does not care about the tank. Oops. I mean, she'll feed, she'll feed the tank, but that's about it. You know, so I have to figure out a way to automate everything so that it keeps. So going. what happens if you get an alert or something that uh, something's out of whack? Is is the wife going to be there to to do you a so you do know, your solid or what? <laughs> <laughs> One time, I had a fish. Uh, it, it, let's call it a naughty fish that started picking up on SPS tanks. So I put it in the sump, okay? And then for some, and I meant to take it back to the fish store. Yes, and, and I'm not proud of this. So it was in the sump. I meant to take it back to the fish store, but then I had to get on a flight and go to uh, headquarters, and I was there for three weeks. Wow. All right. The fish didn't make it, and guess what happens to the fish? Murphy's Law. It died, made it through the baffle, around the baffle into the main pump return chamber. And what does it do? It goes sideways right into the main pump. Ooh. Ooh. So the pump is running and it's moving water, but it can't move as much water as yeah. it needs to because the fish is there. So I noticed that my, you know, I was looking at the camera and I noticed that my, my return is spewing air and a lot of air and I'm like what's going on and then I looked at the camera on my sump and I saw the fish and I'm like Han can you go in there and grab the fish and she was cursing at me oh my god she's like I'm not sticking my hand I said grab a plastic bag so you don't get your hands and go in there and just grab the fish and she's like I can't believe I'm doing this I can't you owe me so much you're taking me out for dinner and took the fish out threw it away and then I had to take her out for dinner when I came back She'll that do it. Uh, well, she came through in a pinch for you when you needed her. But yes. you you mentioned yes. a, you mentioned one thing, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention it again that um, you have a um, a camera on your sump. I do the same thing, and I also have a live webcam on my display tank that uh, that I run 24/7 on YouTube. But um, but I also have the sump cam that I will run when I see you know I get an alert about something going on that's you know 
not, not right. So I'll be able to turn that camera on and look at it. But I think if anybody's going to invest in any kind of technology, if you're taking trips and you're away from that tank for like a week or a week and a half or two weeks, yes. having a, a uh, you know, some webcams on the display as well as a sub to me is like invaluable. Invaluable also. And I, another thing that I'm going to say too, is that make sure that you purchase good equipment. You get what you paid for. Yeah. You know, um, uh, I know there's a lot of, uh, you know, and this has become, this has become a trend lately where people spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on a frag coral frag that is the size of your pinky nail. Yeah. But when they turn around and spend and, and try to purchase a pump that is going to keep those, that investment alive, they go with the cheapest pump they could find, which it makes absolutely no sense to me. So FYI, guys, I'm not trying to sell you, you know, I'm not obviously Reef Octopus makes great pumps, but whatever pump you do, do your research and find, make sure that there's warranty on them. How long is the warranty? Reef Octopus is two year warranty. You know, are they responsive? Is there a phone number? Can you have support on them? Because at the end of the day, when the pump goes down, which is not a matter of if it's a matter of when. You know, let's get that. Let's get that clear. It's not. It's not a matter of if any manufacturer that tells you that the pump's not going to fail, it's lying to you. You know, yep. it's a matter of when. You know, they're there and you can get that pump. So, so please, you know, it's like make sure you watch the re read the reviews and 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 get something that is reliable. You know. Yeah, and one thing that I always do um, is I have a, a redundant pump. So I usually use two return pumps. In yes. case one, um, you know, one has a, a failure or a fish that goes into it that, uh, you know, you wouldn't want that. Done. Absolutely. How many, how many times do you have, I'm, I'm sure you do this and you have a friend that hopefully you have this, a friend that lives near you or somewhere in the vicinity and has an amazing tank and you buy this really expensive frag after a few months, it grows, pick, snip it and give it to, Hey, Hey, Carlos, put this in your tank. I just, just in case something happens, I have a backup of it. So backup. Right. So the same thing, get a pump. And then even if it's not, if, even if it's, it's a smaller pump, but get yourself a backup pump because when the things fail, you're going to need it. And remember things fail on a Friday night. Yeah. They never fail on, on a Monday. They never fail on a Tuesday. They always fail on a, on a Friday night. Yep. And, and I totally agree with you in terms of investing in quality equipment. Um, the one other piece of advice I would say is that um, perform regular maintenance on that equipment yes. because if you do not, even with a high-quality pump, it will fail oh. as well. You know, yeah. I mean, it's like I, I always tell this to my support, uh, to, the, to, the, to the customers, and it's like, you know, Reef Octopus makes, makes excellent pumps, but they're not indestructible. They're not indestructible. So think about it. Do maintenance. You don't drive a car for two years without doing an oil, an oil change. You have to do an oil change. You have to do a tune-up. Same thing. You have something that is running 24-7. So please, you know, every two or three months, take it out. And not just, not just grab it, put it in a bucket, run it with vinegar, and then take it out. Take the pump apart. Yep. Look at it. Look at the magnet. Is the magnet swelling? Is the magnet cracking? Is the, is the, is the, is the propeller spinning correctly? Look at all that. Because that'll tell you, oh, you know what? There's a, there's, a, there's a hair fracture in here. Okay, I gotta get myself a new impeller, or if it's under warranty, I gotta contact them because I know that this is gonna get worse in a few months, it may not work anymore. Yep. So please, you know, take your time. You got a lot of money invested into this tank. 
um, uh, onto into your tanks, you know, let's 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 be a little proactive. Yep. All right, Carl. So we're we're like an hour into this live stream, and I know you have a. Uh, a hard stop at one point in time, but um, so I want to be respectful of your time and and um, no, we're good, we're good, we're good right now. Okay, um, Kyle's Reef, Carlos, oh, is yeah. the web control for the wave engine still in the works? Web control for the wave engine. Oh, I think okay, Kyle, maybe you're referring to the web interface for the wave engine. Um, yes, yes. We are still in the works. I mean, actually, we are using it in-house, and some of the beta testers are using it already. Um, uh, so it'll be released actually very, very soon. Um, he's asking if you can, if you, if the Wave Engine, the Hydros app, can you control it on the web, like through your browser, oh, okay. or do you have to have an app? And uh, yes, you will be able to control it through the through the web, and uh, the the web app will look exactly like the the mobile device app. So you won't have to learn anything new. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. Yes. Thanks, Kyle. So, um, Carl, as you talked about uh, Aquaforest, you guys also sell um, Red Sea, yes. you know, supplements. Yes. What? Um, so, what? What? What do you guys recommend in terms of using, you know, those supplements? I, I, I guess there's different degrees in terms of what what you can do with with coral food and supplements for the tank. I mean, you talked about what you uh, do with the Aquaforest um, products. Um, what, what, if, if somebody is interested in kind of getting into those types of, uh, supplements, what, what's the kind of the best advice in terms of how you get started into, uh, that sort of, um, you know, line of product? Yeah. You know, um, um, I think what you need to do is keep things simple. Kiss, you know, keep it simple, stupid. You know, that's what we say or myself is like, come on, Carlos, kiss, kiss, keep it, keep it simple, stupid. Come on, man. Um, uh, keep it simple. Um, don't go crazy. And, um, my good friend, Michael, Michael Schrader, you know, he, he has this thing of knee jerk reaction. Okay. And, and, and I'm going to go with this, you know, it's like, you've, you've seen my tank. Um, uh, and okay, I, I'm going to use, uh, and, you know, he said he runs at a 0.07 phosphates and nitrates at five. Let me go ahead and change that right now. You know, and, and I'd be flattered if you do, I, I will be, I would be very flattered if you do, but don't, just change things for the sake of changing them. If your tank is working and you're getting the growth that you have, then leave it. Then it's fine. But if it's, you know, but if you're trying to make it matter, then whatever changes you make, make them slowly, very slowly. Aquaforest has a complete line and they have this really cool PDF file that you can download from their website. And it tells you exactly what to do. So if you have an SPS only tank, it'll tell you what products to use. If you have an SPS and LPS, it'll tell you that. If you have fish only or if you have ultra low nutrient tank, which is another animal, then it tells you exactly what you have. And, it, and then on top of that, it breaks it down. If you're doing balling method, then use X chemicals. If you're using a calcium reactor, then use these chemicals instead. So they make it very easy. They've actually figured out a way to break it down because I know a lot of the chemicals out, you know, the chemical companies out there, especially in the early years, you really had to read so many forms in order to find out how to start with them. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you guys um, recently made uh, ICP uh, analysis uh, testing available, correct? Yes. Right. And do, do yes. you, um, do you recommend, um, you know, doing ICP testing with the Aquaforce? Absolutely. And my thought is a little bit of the opposite of 
of what most people think of the ICP testing. The way, you know, yes, you can test ICP, you can send it to water to ICP if you're having an issue. But what you really should do is when everything is clicking, when your tank is like, oh my God, man, you know, it's like, holy crap, Keith, you know, my, over the last three months, my tank is just banging, man. It is just, everything is growing, everything is colored nicely. That's when you have to do ICP testing. Right. Why? Because that tells you your blueprint, that tells you what levels work best for your tank. And then once you have that baseline, then if something happens, then you can test ICP and find out what are the deviations between when everything was doing really well and when things are starting to die off. What is it that is different? You know, a lot of people tend to do ICP testing when things are going bad, which is great, but you have nothing to, you have nothing to compare it to. You know, so you don't you don't get the full story. Right. I always like to kind of do a um, a pre, you know, like a pre um, three different intervals, pre, during, and post, to kind of like get a good. Yes picture in terms of what's going on with the tank and, and it could be when the tank is like you know not you know going great guns or it could be when the tank is having some issues or you know it could be when the tank is really going well and, and you uh, it's, it's a great tool to have in the toolbox to be able to um, course correct if need be yeah 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 I, I think uh, you know it is a it's a great tool to have and you should do it um, you know obviously price wise you know maybe maybe you can't afford it to do every month and that's okay. But if you, you know, but at least you should do it a few times a year. And especially, especially, especially do it when the tank is doing really, really well, because that'll give you the blueprint. It's like, okay, this is what I'm aiming at. Exactly. This is oh, this is when I know everything works. No. Everything is clicking and everything is good. I do have, um, uh, I see Greg. Greg says, uh, question for Carlos. Do the new ice cap gyres also come with a shield to deflect flow like the max spec? And the answer is no. But, Greg, um, uh, little shout out. There's a website, Noble, Noble, like being a noble person, noblereeves.com. They actually 3D print them Ooh. for the ice cap gyres. So you can order them, and they're not that expensive. But Zach, uh, over at Noble Reeves, he can actually print them and send them to you and then put them on your ice cap gyres. You hear that, Greg? <laughs> Good stuff. Um, yeah. All right, uh, Carlos. So we're uh, we're getting uh, we're getting uh, deeper into this thing. And did we? Uh, what did we? Uh, what what have we missed that you wanted to talk about here? Well, let's talk about um, um, you know one of the things that we have since we're in the aquaforest kind of uh, realm of things. Um, aquaforest has biosand now, you know, which you can purchase. It's got live sand in it, and then we have the frag rocks. Um, uh, which is, uh, you know, it's, 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 we've seen the rocks and they actually, they're actually really, really nice. Um, they look pretty realistic and they're easy to, they're easy to glue together and they're very light, incredibly porous. So that's, that's one thing that we kind of like, and we want to, want, we wanted people to, to kind of know, um, that Aquaforest does do that. You know, it, it, it's, uh, you know, they also have new aquariums coming out, which are really, actually really nice. Mm really nice i'm like they're like catalog kind of like a, a you know a, aquariums and 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 they're not that expensive i think they're great and they come in different colors and the way they do the stands is like it's in i, I think it's 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 a metal stand and it's a you know a non-corrosive metal but then the sides are actually the panels 
can actually be removed. So you can buy different panels oh, for different colors. Cool. Neat. Yeah. Different nice. Colors. So they have the different colors in there. So you can actually have panels that match the decor because at the end of the day, you know, those tanks have to be wife approved. Yeah, there you if go. You, <laughs> if you have the modern house and you have a tank with a with a wooden stand, that's not going to fly. It has to have a modern look for the wife to actually or the significant other partner nowadays. You know, I don't want to be, you know, for the partner to 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 approve it and, and be happy. Happy, yes. happy partner. Happy Aesthetics life. are certainly a big part of uh, having a tank, an aquarium in the house with others in the house that you are sharing in the house yeah. with, or the apartment or condo, whatever townhome you have. Um, just trying to I do. go. Go, go ahead, ahead, Carlos. I do have somebody in here that asked me if I was running the clear. Oh yeah. Um, uh, yes, yes, and I forgot. I was I was going to get to that, and uh, but yes, I do run the clear. I do run the clear. I actually run two clears on my in my you, in my sum. Can you sum. explain, uh, Carlos, what that is? Okay, so the clear is a a um, um in a mechanical filter fleece that is automatically um, removed or replenished as the fleece gets um, uh, plugged up or clogged up. So think of it as, as as a machine that is constantly replenishing the the, the cloth in your filter. So it's like a it's like a roller, like a roller mat. It's like a roller mat. I didn't, I, you know, I didn't want to use the name, um, um, but yeah, it, it is, it is what it, it's what it is. The difference between the clear and every other item, every other fleece mechanical filter out there in the market is that the clear actually can go into your filter sock hole. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So, so you can retrofit you take, it. So you take the filter sock out and then you put this machine in there and then the fleece will move. The other machines out there, you either have to put it somewhere in the sump, which occupies space, or you have to put it above the sump, which a lot of people don't have, especially in the U.S. A lot of people don't have tall sump, tall cabinets, so you can't do it. You got to put it somewhere out there. So that's what the that's the big difference on the clear. Um, um, it's a really good product, and I'm gonna say it, and I've said it before. When the clear came out, we made a mistake. We stop. We did. You know, the motor wasn't big enough and the motor kept uh, it wasn't big enough. And what happens is the as the fleece clogged up, it got heavy and then the motor wasn't strong enough to pull the fleece. So and it's paper. So the longer the fleece gets exposed to water after it's clogged up, the paper starts to degrade. And as the motor pulls it up, then holes happen and snags and everything. So we screwed up. And if you look at the if you look at the at the reviews on the clear, look at the date. And I tell you, the reviews on the clear are really bad up until a particular day. After that day, the reviews stopped. And you know how it is. Everybody, everybody's out there saying bad things, but nobody says good things. It's just the na it's just the nature of of the way it is. Yeah. It's not bad. It's just the way it is. Yeah. So we made a mistake. So I want to say that if you have a clear that you've had bad experience with, that you've got so sick and tired of it and put it in the garage, you know, take a look at the clear and look at the motor. And if the motor, if you have one of the old motors that are three RPMs, just contact me. Even if the clear is out of warranty, I don't care. Just contact me, support at coralview.com, and I will send you a new clear motor and that will make a difference that that will turn the non-working clear into a really really nice very good unit just the mo just by that putting that motor so yes 
you know, a lot of, a few times you hear a manufacturer or a distributor say, we screwed up. So I'm saying it, we screwed up. And um, so that so that if you have one, please contact us and we'll, we'll make it good. We'll make it, we'll make it yeah, good. Yeah, Elroy uh, Wong, I don't know if you're seeing the comment, is, uh, is there an upgraded motor I can order? But um, you know what? Ellery, you don't have to order. Like I said, like if, if it's, one. It's, 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 you know, I, I will provide you. So email me, uh, support at coralview.com, and then let me know what model you have, and I will send you a new motor. You know, uh, uh, this is our very, very, very small way of, of making up for the incredible frustrations that you had because the product was good in, re in, 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 you know, technically and all that, but it just didn't deliver when it came to, to, um, um, the real world and and once we figured out the motor once we switched the motor man it, it, it just complaints went out i don't i hardly have any complaints about the the clear now if i get a clear complaint uh, or a clear support it's because it has it has the wrong motor interesting yeah, yeah. all right carlos so i think we're gonna uh, we're gonna wrap it up is there any um any other final thoughts that uh, you want to provide our uh, viewers out there tonight um uh, you know i just going over the, um, you know, I, I wanted to emphasize on the hydros, you know, coral view hydros. The controller is going to be out soon. Um, uh, I promise you, it's not going to, it's not going to be, you know, uh, next summer or something like that. It's 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 going to be in before you even know it. And uh, I, I hope it delivers. We have a lot of things in in the pipeline for that controller that will come out with the controller that will make you go, huh, you know, they'll be like, oh, or as they say, damn, you know. Um, and uh, and, and there they, might be some things that you're actually using right now on the tank behind you with that. Yes. Right? Yeah, that yes, you can't actually, talk about. Yes, 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 yes. I know Keith, um, Keith, uh, e you know, emailed me and says, can you send me a video and let's talk about, you know, send me a video of the equipment. And I thought I had to email Keith and I said, you know, I can do the tank, but I can't do the equipment because there's a lot of things in there that I should that I can't really show you. But yes, there's a lot of things that are here in my tank, and there's a lot of things that are in other people's tanks that we're running that will make it really, really um, a, a cool and easy to use. Um, we're aiming for um, intuitive and easy and easy to use. I think uh, we've learned from many, many companies out there that have uh, come up with controllers and 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 if you really study them, they all use the same recipe. So we sat down and said, we can't use this recipe anymore. We have to make it different because otherwise we're going to end up like those companies. Yeah, I hear you. Well, Carlos, man, th thank you so much for being a guest. It was somebody made a comment at the beginning is like the interviewer is being interviewed. And um, yes, I know. It was, uh, it was my pleasure to be uh, to, to have you on the other side of the, uh, the fence here. So I know. I, I just, I just wanted to thank you for being part of this show and, and just give you my sincere thanks for uh, taking the time to do this. You're welcome. I hope I was able to help somebody out there. Um, just be patient. Keep it slow. And no knee-jerk re reactions, as my friend Michael says. It. Just don't, don't, you know, I told you what the, you know, my parameters are and they work for me. And if you really look at Keith's parameters, you know, I honestly don't know, but are they the same, similar, or are they different? It, you know, one thing we've learned is that everybody keeps it differently and everybody has success with it. It's just, I think the one thing that we all have in common is stability.
Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. It's stability is so key. If things start swinging around, especially alkalinity, then um, big swings in alkalinity, then good things will not happen. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think everybody should, you know, I think one of the biggest investments and the most the 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 biggest investments that I that 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 somebody should make, in my opinion, is that alkalinity controller or alkalinity monitor. And I don't know how you feel about that, Keith, but I think it's 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 because most likely, if your alkalinity is stable, your magnesium, your calcium are going to be just fine. Um, uh, but if your alkalinity swings, then you got other problems. So having that peace of mind, that little app telling you, you know, coming back and telling you your alkalinity is fine, it just gives me that peace of mind. And, and you can see the results once you get that alkalinity stable. Yeah, I mean, I've been in the hobby, I think now it's close to 30 years. I, I, I got to figure this out. But um, I think one of the biggest innovations I've seen in terms of equipment in the past you know, a few years has been the alkalinity monitoring and controlling that, um, to me is a big game changer. Yeah. I don't test. Um, um, I don't know what your, your, um, testing regimens are there, but, uh, I don't test for calcium and magnesium the same time I, I test alkalinity. I test alkalinity every two hours. I don't test for calcium and magnesium every two hours. I think it's a waste. Yeah. I, I don't think calcium and magnesium will move as much. Um, uh, I don't understand why companies out there make you test all three. It seems to me that they're trying to sell you more reagent. Um, um, so uh, I would say, you know, uh, your alkalinity tells you everything. And if if your alkalinity is bad, then you're going to look into calcium, calcium and magnesium. But if you test your calcium and magnesium once, once, I mean, if you test your calcium once a week and your magnesium once a month, you'll be fine. I think in my opinion... And my tank, I mean, my tank is pretty stable. Your tank is pretty stable, too. Yeah, I mean, years and years ago, I did not test for phosphate. I did not test for magnesium. You know, I tested alkalinity and calcium and nitrate, and that was about it. <laughs> well, I remember the, I mean, and this going back, I remember, you know, installing calcium reactors uh, and and really not understanding their relation to alkalinity and, 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 th and things like that. They would just put the calcium reactor there, and it'll work. And we would connect the calcium reactor, and I'm telling you, that alkalinity probably swung between 7 and 11 in five days. I am surprised that that, that 2001 tank was actually that good looking. <laughs> yeah, that's a big swing for sure. <laughs> I, you know, because I never tested. It was one of those things. I was young, and it's like, ah, testing. Who needs testing? I just read my tank. And that's one thing that we didn't touch upon is reading your tank. Yeah. And the old the, I hate to say this, but the old timers, you and I know – that at the end of the day, there are certain corals in your tank that tell you they're at, they tell you exactly what's going on. I have a, I have a honeycomb acropora from from battle corals, and that usually gets a little brown when my phosphates are high. Yeah. And remember, we used to have xenia in our tanks to to tell us how the pH was doing. All those things. Yeah. No. Ex so, exactly. <laughs> Observation is so important to be able to observe that tank on a daily basis. And I and I got a couple of uh, canaries in the coal mine myself in terms of corals that um, you know will yeah. start kind of like stressing out before everything else. And it's so very much important thing to do is to um, make sure you're observant. Yeah. yeah, read your tank. At the end of the day, you know, a lot of people ask me, especially in customer support, it's like, let me, you know, I have the two gyres and I need to install them. What's the what's the best place to install them? And I, and sometimes I feel bad when my answer is, well, you tell me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's your tank. 
you know, everybody's tank is different. What do you have? Fish, corals, you know, try different things. I can tell you where to start, but at the end of the day, test and you and, and your tank will tell you what it likes and what it doesn't. Yep. You know? And um, and with that we're gonna uh, we're gonna end it. But uh, let Carlos again, thank you so much. And uh, I really thank appreciate you. you being a guest on the show. So the the next wrapping with Reef Bum live stream will be next Thursday, July thirtieth. July 30th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And my guest will be Dana Riddle. So that'll, uh, that'll be a really good show. I'm sure we're going to be talking a little, yeah, we'll probably be talking a little bit about lighting in that show. But uh, yeah. yeah, so everybody, please uh, tune in next week to that show. And Carlos, again, thank you so much for, for being a part of this. And I hope everybody, um, you know, is uh, well and stay, uh, stays safe. So until next week, adios. Thank you.